0: Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I am Andy Wood. Sorry, we've been traveling. I've been traveling. Andy's been recovering.
1: Recovering and working, and it's been a perfect storm of... uh... We're back though. Andy, it it was a...
0: You weren't bluffing with the whole back thing.
1: No, I got the MRI that was not for comedy's sake. And uh, First of all, fuck the U.S. healthcare system. Everyone involved in this process could not have cared less about what's going on with me. It's, I guess it's what you get for getting the uh, bronze plan from Kaiser. Thank you, Kaiser. Um, yeah, I finally got an MRI, and yeah, I have a ruptured At disc. At least your plan meddled. That's true. <laughs> I was on the podium. Um, yeah, I, I have a piece of my disc that actually broke off and is now sitting permanently in this canal that holds... I think the root of the nerve that... Maybe it's the sciatic nerve. I don't know. There's some part of the disc that's like ruptured and is just sitting there and probably won't resolve itself on its own according to a neurosurgeon friend. So maybe some surgery down the road. Um, fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Still some have, bronze surgery. Haven't felt my left foot in three months. It's pretty great.
0: <laughs> wow. So you could sort of... What is it they call that? That thing where you sit on your left foot until it goes yeah, normal?
1: Yeah. Foot shop stranger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just give some... <laughs> the pirate that... <laughs> Yeah, what's the uh, Dan Mintz twist on that? Or maybe it's Jim... Jim um, a friend of ours who we like in comedy has a bit about... Uh, it's Jim.
0: It's Jim Hamilton.
1: <laughs> where he sits... He likes to sit on his dick till he falls asleep. And then it <laughs> feels like he's jacking off a stranger.
0: <laughs> fun joke. Yeah. Fun, fun thing. Uh, I, I got a, an announcement. Oh, yeah. It's, it's less structural. Do I not know this yet? Oh, this isn't a particularly fun announcement. This is just uh oh. some gigs.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to like say you're getting married or having a kid or something. And I no. was like, I hope you would tell me off here before you make... <laughs> But okay. No, I'm just doing some
0: gigs in New York oh, that I'd okay. like people to come to. <laughs> sure. So it's, uh, it's not as fun as a disc that's pressing against a nerf no. that's making your foot numb. Yeah. But friend of the show, Daniel Sloss, our buddy Dan, is doing a run in New York. Nice. And at the Soho Playhouse, and he's doing a series attached to it called Daniel Sloss Presents, where he's bringing over a couple of various comics, and I'm the first weekend of that, so. The first weekend, it says my name nowhere on the website, so you oh. just have to trust me on this one. You that got if you you get... the
1: bronze plan of comedy Tours, Exactly.
0: So if you go to, and we'll put links to this on the website as well, but the weekend of the 20th to the 22nd of June, that's Thursday to Saturday, 20, 21, 22 of June, I am going to be doing a, like a long show, a full show. So if you live in New York or anywhere near New York and you wanted to see me do stand-up, You might have managed to get to see me do a short set at one of the clubs, but I'm going to be doing a full show. I would love to see you there. If you know anyone in New York, tell them to come down. I want to pack this thing out. Uh, So please come down to that. And then also, UK people, I'm going to be at Glastonbury. I'm going to be doing one of the late spots on Saturday and Sunday in the cabaret tent. And then, one other thing, I'm going to be doing some shows in Denmark with friend of the show Simon Talbot. Shit, so I'll put man. links to that. So Copenhagen or nearby Copenhagen, I, if you're anywhere around that area, I'm going to be doing some shows with Simon. They're sort of work in progress shows. The idea is we kind of write during the day and then track material at night. It's a small theater that he's hired out for this.
1: And he doesn't... If you're failing, you're not going to resort to old material. The whole thing... I mean, I'm sure be. I'll
0: sprinkle in some old stuff.
1: You won't be failing, but you know what I
0: mean. I might sprinkle in some old stuff. Yeah. Some, but uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but I know... The plan is to kind of generate some new stuff. It's this little theater. He's got quite a following in Denmark, so it should be fairly full and fun. Nice. So, Copenhagen, Glastonbury, and New York. New York City. Come to those, please. Yeah. That would you can be awesome. I signed
1: all those tour dates at louisck.com. Am I correct? <laughs> is that... uh, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> Annie. Nay eh? on the. I just thought he he snatched up that URL when it was like a bargain (laughs) basement price.
0: Um, Hey, while we're talking about overseas comedians and guests and touring, we have a fellow foreigner. A fellow foreigner from the northern reaches of Europe. Finland's finest is Ismo. Um, Hello.
1: That's Hi. Finnish for hello Yeah <laughs>
2: That's actually English But yeah okay. I, 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 I speak English now so Oh I see I, I, okay. I moved here
0: so. Yeah. Have you found that your, your act's gone down Better in America Since you switched to English
2: Yeah Yeah definitely English is It's the, uh, the Finnish population Finnish speaking population Here is not that big But actually I'm going to do This Sunday A gig in Finnish
0: Oh cool I a, saw um, here. yeah, I saw you A few weeks ago When you were headlining The Improv And Yeah you did your whole act in English, unsurprisingly. But then towards the end, like right at the end, you got a heckle in Finnish. At which point you then asked how many Finnish people were in the audience. And it was a full house. It was a packed out room. And I would say about a third of them suddenly just went, Yay! Yeah. they hadn't realized yeah. quite how many Finnish people were in L.A. Yeah, like... I, I wouldn't say third, maybe a fifth or th- yeah. But there were there four, were yeah, far they're... more Finnish people than I've ever seen outside of Finland oh, well, in that's one place. Great. I've seen
2: so many more, <laughs> 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 but yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. There, there are Finnish people here also. So they come obviously. out, yeah, and but... some are like just tourists. Like, like I talked with some Finnish people after the show, and some of them were just be here by accident and saw my name. And so, yeah.
1: right? Are there are there big like. Are there certain cities in the U.S. that have big Finnish populations? Yeah. Is this one of them? Or uh,
2: Well, this is not the main, because this is mostly entertainment stuff, but, like, there's definitely lots of Finns in Silicon Valley. Like, so San Jose, I play okay. that often. So, yeah, because, like, all the tech companies, there's lots of Finnish companies there, and yeah. engineers and stuff. And
1: is Minnesota uh, big Or is that just for it's, it's big
2: But I've never played there yet yeah. But like it's it, I think that's one of the main Like Michigan, Minnesota And like, right. like In Canada There's lots of things in Canada Is that
0: just because They're drawn to the climate I guess
2: originally Like there, there was A huge migration Of Finnish it's people It's like there's
0: mountains There's snow We know how to yeah. handle this
2: Yeah they were Cutting down trees Yeah
0: and We already have like The that. right coat
2: Yeah Yeah They didn't have to go Clothing Shopping <laughs> right away So yeah they, Yeah And then like West Palm Beach Florida Lots of Finns
0: Okay Or like
2: mm. I think they live you Nearby know, there Like That's a, a very different place. climate Yeah well That's that's the I think that's where People go to kind of Retire or just right. Enjoy life Because it's kind of Easy to go there From Finland and it's nice. And uh, Washington, D.C. Oh, really? Because, like, there was an embassy. There was, there's lots of people working okay. there, so.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, surprisingly. That's surprisingly fair point. Actually, the the other time I found myself with a huge number of Finnish people in my audience or in a comedy show was I did a show years ago in Jakarta. And for some reason, the entire Finnish embassy staff were there. Hmm. I don't think the ambassador was there, but certainly like a lot of the secondary stuff, there were just a bunch of Finns and it turned out they were all diplomats and embassy stuff.
1: Yeah, Yeah? I wonder if some diplomats party harder than others, if if certain ones just stay in the embassy and other other countries tend to like explore more. I think the Finns are like a a bolder exploratory uh, diplomat. Type of people, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, they want to go
2: out and <laughs> have mix a couple up? of beers and then like do whatever you can do with a beer, <laughs> right. including stand-up comedy. So,
1: do you guys have a, is is bar culture a pretty huge thing in Finland? I assume everybody's cold likes to drink. Is that yeah, your yeah? People
2: people drink a lot, and that's actually a, I've been trying to work like a joke on the thing like like the drinking differences between Finland. It's so different how the drinking cultures are so different. Like in here. Like if you go out for drinks with somebody, at some point they will start to figure out like, can I drive anymore tonight? Like, should yeah. I drive or can I? Like, what? Do, I have. I think I have to drive soon. So how can like what? How many drinks can I have until? until yeah. Like nobody in Finland worries about can they drive tonight? They worried about can I drive tomorrow night?
1: Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> we know we can't drive tonight if we if we drink. Like b- b- in Finland, people also go and have a couple of beers and drive home, but that's not called having drinks. That's not called anything.
0: It's, it's, just, it's just the end of the day. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying it's just because they have such strict. Because I think some of the northern European countries have just like zero tolerance uh, DUI. Yeah, policies, well, it's. it's
2: so. I think it's like point five, point oh. I hear it's point oh eight. So it's a little bit it's lower. But low. but it's still like if if you drink, then they they drink. They 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 don't drink Patrick. two. They they drink multiples of two. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: a commitment. It's uh, like yeah. this is what we're doing. Now. Yeah. I did one show in Helsinki once years ago, and it was I remember they went hard after the show. Yeah, yeah. I also remember this, the only time I've ever done a show where the entire rest of the show was in Finnish. So, I mean, I've never had that for any language where I it would was... It ironic
1: if that's uh, yeah, how it started. But... I, was
0: on, but I was on at the end, and everything that had been set up until that point on stage was in Finnish. I had no idea what anyone had spoken yeah. about. I didn't know what the audience liked or didn't like. Yeah. I didn't know when I was being introduced, because even the MC was... Introduced me in finish and he like he kept doing these set pieces that kind of had the rhythm of like it was like a ramping up but it was just like a performance piece so yeah. it was like is he introducing me i had to keep asking the other comics and they're like no he's doing a joke about toast or whatever yeah. And it's
2: like, yeah that's so crazy like it's so funny that the only thing you understand is your own name yeah yeah and that might even be pronounced wrongly
0: right <laughs> and what you think is you think you understand the cadence K- because you go, you know, i Comedy is comedy, whatever language it is, and there's certain cadences that are universal. Yeah. So you're like, this feels like this has the cadence of an introduction is about to start, At, yeah. but I was wrong two or three times before it was actually the real time. And then someone yeah. eventually went, "Now you're about to go now."
2: Oh yeah, that yeah, that might be really. I'm I'm sure that's crazy. And I, I had the same experience actually in Norway when I went there for the first time. Everybody oh, yeah. was speaking Norwegian on the stage, and
0: and then I. I How I, I, easy is it? Because I thought like there is some. Commonality between the language, or is that Nor- or is well, okay. that Swedish or Sweden, Norway,
2: very similar, kind of similar. I think basically Norwegians will understand Swedish. And right. they, Danish is pretty similar. It's a little bit different, I, I think, but I, I speak a little bit of Swedish, but it's more like the Finnish Swedish that F- Swedish-speaking Finnish people speak, which is pronounced a little bit different than the actual Swedish.
0: Oh, that's um,
2: but the, but my... Norwegian, I didn't understand anything.
0: My girlfriend's family is like she's uh she's descended from Finnish Swedes. And she thought for years her family came from Sweden, but they didn't because they used to speak Swedish at home and they yeah and they'd make like Swedish rye bread at Christmas and stuff like that. She always assumed they were Swedish, and then she found out that they grew up in Finland. And there's this whole group of sort of yeah. ethnic Swedes. In yeah,
2: them. yeah, yeah. It's like six percent of Finnish people are like Swedish speakers, and they kind of it's identify... a different Swedish they speak. Yeah, they still yeah they they identify as Finnish people, but with like swe- Swedish, it's kind of a whole a different identity. Right, they don't identify as swe- Swedish either, but it's they have their own thing, but it's it's, oh,
0: that's right. And now you're weird. saying it. I think isn't... I was getting mixed up between the languages, but is it Finnish that, is, that has only, like, one or two linguistic cousins in the world? It's yeah. very...
2: Yeah, Hungarian and Estonian. Right. And Hungarian, we have zero words in common. Estonian, but, we have a
0: few. But it's just sort of similar structure and yeah, grammar. Yeah, like,
2: I think if I would read Hungarian out loud, it would sound correct, but I wouldn't understand it. Right. I think mm. that's the thing. Like, the pronunciation and the grammar or something is similar... I, I guess. But we. But, we I met a Hungarian three, guy and we tried to find similar words, but we couldn't.
0: Interesting. But those, but linguists have studied it and found out that those three yeah, languages are, are sort of yeah. their own branch of the linguistic
2: yeah, family there's tree. Com- there's lots of countries between Finland and Hungary. It's a
1: really <laughs> yeah, weird... Win- yeah. Why would those be the ones that, yeah, have, that are I don't cousins?
2: know. It's, it's crazy. And Estonian also is in the same family. And Estonian sounds really funny to Finnish people because it has similar words, but they sound like... Kind of kids' words in Finnish or something. They sound like right. kind of almost that, but kind it of. It sounds silly.
0: like someone who, like an alien, has tried to learn Finnish and got it yeah. wrong. Like-,
2: like some words, like sound like like that, <laughs> like like a slang or a kid or like a something that's kind of. It's kind of that, but it's not. But then some words are completely different. So, Finland is weird with that. Like I love. I have this picture. If you Google language tree, you find it. It's it's great because it's. I'll look it up now yeah if just google language tree it's it's i love it i i, t- I show that to everybody because it's it's so great because there's all the indo-european languages are in the same tree so ag- according to that tree english is closer to russian and hindi and Greek than Finnish is to Swedish,
1: and you guys have a... Then t- Finnish is oh, to, to Swedish, Swedish. Oh.
0: and then neighboring countries and <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I would have thought there'd be more similarity with Russia with Russian, especially like in the accent. But there's I don't I don't hear much of a Russian influence in your voice.
2: Yeah, I think pronunciation can be like a little bit similar to Sweden and even Russia, like how compared to like English. But but the, the language structure and the words in Finnish is are is this the amazing. picture
0: you are talking about? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That
0: that's the whole tree and then finish that's a weed. Oh yeah, it's just this own almost separate completely separate thing. Yeah. Hang on, I'm trying And what's trying your connection to, make to?
1: So I thought Scandinavia was was you guys and I always thought it was like five countries. Iceland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark and Finland, but now I found out or recently I found out it's it's only technically Denmark, Norway and Sweden.
2: That's like the the, the I think that's official Scandinavia. But uh-huh. then, like Finland, is often like in when I was a kid in school, everybody in school thought that we are Scandinavian and it seems logical. I mean, but but yeah. but it's not because it's the Scandinavian language group, we are not part of that. But that's it's like, the, okay. but then there's like Nordic countries, and that includes Finland and Iceland, but it's often referred to as Scandinavia, so it's kind of there's like two definitions of it's like
1: Great Britain versus United Kingdom.
2: Or, yeah, kind yeah. of. It's kind of like a little bit like that. So, but that's the thing. There's like two definitions. If you talk about geographically, yes, we're in, and even culturally, it's super similar. Yeah, you but, guys
1: are all related to Bjork. I'm sure, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're all yeah. obliged to own every Sugar Cubes record. And
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you been yeah. to Iceland? I've been many times to Iceland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, yeah. It's, I've been to Iceland more than like Sweden. Almost, it's really, funny. really. It's I've I, I done gigs in Iceland like three separate times They've got a burgeoning c- comedy scene out there, right? Apparently Yeah Yeah, when I first went there There was like eight comics Right And five of them did a show And then there were a few others Who only did like private gigs But now it, I think it's growing a lot And uh, they have lots of shows going on But it's so small Like the language base of Iceland is 300,000 That only speaks the language Right the- And they have their own keyboards and everything For 300,000
1: Oh because they have
2: weird letters and so it's yeah so for comics most many of them are now doing it in English because it's it's not a big enough
1: audience to justify yeah. doing it in Icelandic.
2: But even then, there are lots of comics who actually can do it just in Icelandic. And still, because I thought Finland is crazy small because it's five and a half million, but it feels huge
1: compared to Iceland now. That's like the city limits proper. Uh, population of los angeles this is your entire country basically. yeah about yeah in the metro area like two yeah. or three times that. yeah so uh what was your so you spent how much of your life in finland when, when did you move here
2: uh three three and a half years ago about so. and you
1: i'm assuming you studied english in, in like yeah. high school growing up
2: yeah like in school they teach english and also like everybody kind of learns english pretty well in finland like my parents spoke english to each other often oh really because they like when they tried to speak something that the kids wouldn't get it (laughs) so kind of secretly so that's a good motivation to learn it right yeah yeah and 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 we just because like every every tv show from america and uk we had lots of them and they they are not dubbed it's subtitled so you hear hear it all the time yeah so everybody kind of learns it but um but like yeah, there's a few few people I know like my age who don't speak much English, and I think that's that's kind of strange. Like, how did they manage to not learn it? Like, like how do you exist okay, on the yeah. internet
0: and having yeah. watching movies and yeah? Yeah, I definitely didn't struggle to gig in English to an American audience. Sorry, to a Finnish audience. It was a yeah. It felt like I. Even more than in other countries, where I've had to, I've done comedy in sort of Germany and the Netherlands, which Dutch people speak very good English generally. But I found Finnish was amongst the easiest, yeah, non-native speaking audiences I've ever played to.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think they they, they understand pretty well, but they still sometimes are afraid, I guess, to to miss stuff. Right. So it's hard to like sell tickets for English comedy in Finland. At, at least it used to be. I think it might be changing now. But. But yeah well, But you have to say hi to Simon in Denmark I know him also I will do yeah. I will do He's and, a good guy and, Yeah and Daniel also
0: Yeah uh, Yeah uh, Both good guys Yeah uh,
1: So I was leading up to I was going to ask you about your education growing up Because we yeah, always ask our guests Before we get into science stories What your science background is Even if it was just what you studied in The obligatory classes in in high school And things like that
2: uh, Well I actually I have a little bit of a background Uh um, I went to the university in Finland to study physics. Oh, really? Yeah, and I studied that for a few years, and chemistry, and biology, and maths, and uh, philosophy, and astronomy, <laughs> astrophysics, even so I do calculus. So I I studied some of those, but I was. I I never graduated, and luckily I found stand up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> While you were in university, you yeah. started doing stand up.
2: Yeah, so stand up kind of landed in Finland, and then it landed in my hometown, and I did one that gig, the and then of- I was like hooked. <laughs> so yeah, so it it happened really fast after my first gig. But but I I was still like I've always been interested in like science and all that stuff. Yeah, but I like in the university physics, it was just these huge calculations of crazy equations. And it wasn't that interesting because it was mostly about just calculating right. and not like actually like wondering about how huge Jupiter is.
1: Yeah, you really think that's <laughs> it's all going to be this like freshman dorm room rec lounge, you know, uh, oh yeah. man, can you imagine if like, no one's going to pay you to sit around and have those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> you have to... Well, e-
0: even the sort of, yeah. you know, the great scientists who've made huge leaps forward went like, what gets left out of all the stories is the huge amount of calculation that they have to do. Right. They have to sit down with yeah. blackboards or textbooks and just yeah. notebooks and just churn through yeah. days, weeks, months worth of just yeah. writing out differential equations. Yeah. And
1: I wonder how many people have gone into astronomy because of artists' renderings of things that even our best telescopes would just make that thing be a dot, but we're like, oh, based on the you know spectral analysis of this dot... We could say yeah. this thing might look this way if we could get close to it, but we have no pictures yeah. of it, so we're just going to have an artist. Yeah,
0: even even like the sort of simplified, you know, like like Newton's apple fall, or watching an apple falling, or there's um Richard Feynman's book. Like surely you're joking, Mister Feynman? He talks about uh I think it's that book where he he talks about just the a plate that he was from. That had the university crest on one bit of it, like a dinner plate, and he was just idly kind of spinning it on the table, but sort of let it, wobbling it and watching the crest move round as he wobbled it, and he started thinking about how the that bit would move relative to the whole plate and,
1: so and precession.
0: Yeah, and he and he talks about that for about for a couple of paragraphs, and, he, and then he goes like, and that set my mind to thinking, and uh, I started calculating this, and it was that work that led to my Nobel Prize. And you're like, you've left out a <laughs> lot of stuff there.
1: People just think you could spin stuff and like... Yeah, you just time. have a little...
0: But that, that's the Hollywood version, isn't it, though? They're sort of like, aha, but if... Yeah,
2: the... yeah like the one... He... How do you say? eureka moment. Oh, Eureka, yeah. yeah. Eureka. <laughs> well,
1: I thought you were saying heroic. It's like, well, heroic, of course. No.
2: Eureka, yes. Eureka.
1: Which isn't even English either, right? It's Greek. Yeah, yeah. but yeah.
0: it's not like there there aren't those moments of sudden realization and inspiration, but they then have to be followed by a huge amount. Yeah. That that absurd bit, I've I've been angry about this when it first came out, but the, Wait, the theory of guess... everything, the the stephen hawking movie yeah oh oh where he's he's presenting his findings to a room full of professors they all like walk and they out and all like, how oh, dare they well, they're going, like, it's, it's not true and then and then one of the professors just stands up and goes like <laughs> yeah and then the others go like hooray it's like that is oh the, the the absurd simplicity of that of just like he's wrong no i think he's right he is right
1: yeah, it's... I mean, I haven't even watched yeah. A Beautiful Mind because I think I've talked about that too. Like, the idea of that movie angers me so much. Even just seeing the trailer 20 years later, I still haven't seen that Russell Crowe movie about... Yeah, I
0: saw that, yeah. John Nash, yes, yeah. The um, yeah. So what was it that inspired you to do physics at university? Um, well, I thought I was good at
2: it, <laughs> like, based on high school, because it went, like, really great in high school. And I was interested in that, kind of. But, like, I... Even then, I think I knew that I was mainly going there to kind of pass time and like see what what happens, right? Like I wasn't really,
0: which I think is a valid use of university, and that's the, what sort of yeah. obviously in America where it now you come out one hundred and twenty grand in debt or something. I mean,
1: that's that's uh, low end for these days, I think. That's what it was, like, shit. fifteen years ago, but it's yeah,
0: you need to get something out of it, but it sh- should also it should just be the uh, what well, not just, but it. Can be inspiring, you, or it can lead you to your vocation, or it can lead you to academia, or whatever job it is you want to do. But it could also be a thing that helps you grow from a child into an adult. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and just gives you that bit of extra breathing space to work out what it is you want to do in your world. Yeah, yeah. And in Finland, university is free. So right. what?
1: Yeah, across the board. Yeah, it's all, no, it's all free.
2: How Actually, I- you get like an allowance from the government to study, uh, like a small. So
1: I bet like on the first visit to the ER Someone would have been like Yeah, you're back Let's get you in front of your MRI Get you surgery next week And the government's going to pay oh. Well, Oof.
2: that's this uh, Yeah <laughs> um, Well, that uh, But it, yeah, it's kind of It's nice But then it's also in Finland There's lots of people Who just go to the university or somewhere And just kind of wobble along And just never graduate And I think just a year after me They changed that you have to graduate It like bef- be- within ten years, or you will—they will erase your so strict <laughs> points. Oh. But in my case, I think I still have my points. Like I could graduate now if I just did like a thing to
0: kind of. How how many more do you have to do another course, or are you a you? I think I could. I just have to do one essay for a bachelor's degree. <laughs> You're not tempted to just do that and then get a show out of it, maybe like. Mr. Ismo goes back to school. Yeah, do the Rivers
1: Cuomo thing. Like Weezer's already huge, and he still went back to Harvard and finished. Oh yeah. Well,
0: not really. I don't. I
2: I don't know. Like I could. uh, It sounds so difficult now (laughs) because my brain has wrapped around comedy so much, and I still I still like like calculate calculating things Uh because you don't have to do that in comedy. So I do that by accident all the time, like calculating gas prices or just trying to, like, cali- like, if, like, okay, if this gas is now 40 cents cheaper here and if I'm getting 10 gallons, how much am I saving? Like, mm-hmm. I just can't help doing math in my brain just for stupid things. Right. Often, like, I just... Calculate stuff.
1: Now I, I wish I could see the a beautiful mind version of that, where like numbers are spinning around the air as if magic <laughs> is happening. But he's only multiplying forty cents times ten. Like, yeah, four dollars. Yeah, that'd does be he a do runny, it?
2: That'd be a good sketch to do. Yeah. Like
0: really, like it's like really simple. and you're like writing it on the glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> social network style. Yeah. Oh god. Um, but even yeah. your your um your comedy is quite analytical. Like you could, I can see how you have that mind. Like you're. You, you take you you know you take words and phrases apart and yeah and yeah you, you're a kind of comic who likes to exact you you don't let a topic go you sort of pick it apart from every possible angle and rearrange it in every possible way
2: yeah I I try to do that like I think this is interest in science or the kind of the mindset or just mm-hmm. like the kind of lo- I think I would say logic I think I'm super inter- interested in logic. Just, right like logic and philosophy and as far as comedy goes illogic as well like where logic falls down and... yeah like that, that's the thing like basically most of my premises are the lack of logic in something and then right. correcting that and then having silly results of that so that's that's kind of i think that's my if there's an engine for creating stand up stuff that might be my one of my engines like add a logical f- fallacy and, right. and look at it from different angles and just yeah and like deduct what's it like the what's the opposite of yeah uh, induct deduct if you take something and then uh, you, you, yeah you, deduct you, yeah. you, you like use the same principle for all the other stuff also
1: I mean that uh, principle of mathematic induction is is that right
2: or is that I, I can't. I derived? couldn't define
1: the difference between induction and deduction right now but I think uh, when you're using PMI to prove something isn't that kind of like that the principle of mathematical induction what does that mean well well that you guys talk I'm gonna google
0: (laughs) mathematical induction is if you want to prove something is true for all values of x one way to do it is to prove that it prove it's true for x equals 1 say and then prove that if it's true for x equals t it's also true Uh, for x equals t T plus 1 yeah Mm -hmm. which
1: is kind of what you were saying
0: and then you get a sort of inductive then, yeah, version then, of like... Then
1: the thing just propagates on its own without yeah. you... Yeah, like yeah, if you, you can
0: show like... If you want to show like some sequence is always equal to some other thing, whatever, and you can go like, okay, it's true if, if X is 1. And you can also show, okay, if X is N, then it's all... Yeah. That that implies, it implies it, it's N. true for X is for the next term in the sequence. Yeah, then and it's therefore true for all the terms.
2: And that sounds super mathematical, but then kind of that's the formula I think I often think like when I like try to create something funny about, like, if people behave like this, then it would mean that they would also have to do this with the same logic.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot to comedy that you can get to with this very analytical mindset. You just have to hide your tracks afterwards because no one wants to know that you got there that way. But, like, you can see how people who act like they don't know those kinds of analytical things still use that kind of reasoning even if they weren't consciously aware of, of their use of it. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Should we do a fun story about snails?
1: Let's do that Because I was going to do the koala one Then I realized it wasn't really true Oh Koalas aren't going extinct There's an article saying they're functionally extinct But uh, then I googled some more And they're not I mean they're not doing great But uh, well,
2: Functionally ex- like, yeah. Is that like they're functional alcoholics Right
1: <laughs> <laughs> And they're functionally Functionally chlamydia They're right?
0: extinct but they still shop for work And they can <laughs> They can raise the kids And they can have a conversation And people don't take their keys away from them <laughs>
1: They I'm do kidding. sleep a lot. Those, that, whole, that whole species might be functional alcoholic.
0: Yeah, we uh, don't yeah. get high on their eucalyptus. Yeah. So this story was sent in. We're standing by a few people, but I'm going to read this one because Rachel Carter sent this in and said, "Here's a story. I'm sure you've already been sent." And then also said, "Pretty sure Rachel Carter was wasn't called Carter last time she wrote in." Oh yes, she was Koronek, wasn't she? Uh, hang, on, is that the same? Is that the Rachel that? Am I confusing my Rachels? I don't know. But I do know Rachel is the one who was dating Jordan, who met on OK Cupid because they both mentioned probably science, and they're uh, now married couple. That's our first married couple, people. It's your first, It's my fourth. Oh, because four of Bridgetown. married
1: couples met at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. That's but, true. No, listen, I'm not trying to get. Um... But this is this is
0: probably science, as far as I'm aware. That our first nuptial. Congratulations, That's you two! Awesome, congratulations, guys. Congrats. Congrats, yeah.
1: guys. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I I want to see pictures of the wedding. And uh, I hope
0: you're all wearing your probably science mascots and T-shirts. And
1: <laughs> that we haven't provided the listeners who <laughs> want to buy them. And I'm 90% sure Rachel was Koronek before she. I- are we supposed to give last na- maiden names on this show? Well,
0: I, I thought. I th- I th- see why not? Uh, it's a lefty. Hang on, I can't get the rest of this article open because it's not.
1: <laughs> I've got it. Okay, yes, so this is uh a so most snails are righties now scientists have found genes that make some of them born with shells coiling the other way using
0: CRISPR they've genetically engineered
1: to make the Australian version of of snail shells yeah the overwhelming majority of these coil to the right I'm not sure how you define the right without doing like a you know right hand rule sort of a what does that mean to the right as they're going forward they I don't know uh, so yes, the, occasionally, some are born with shells that turn the other way. And then there was Jeremy, the garden snail with a left-coiled shell. His struggle to find a left-coiled mate made him famous. Just before dying in 2017, oh sorry guys, uh, he was finally paired up, leaving behind a litter that was born all right. I don't know if that's like all right, all right, all right, or if they're all to the right. But um, how Jeremy, another chiral or mirror image chiral? Chiral, I mean, chiral yeah. yeah, mirror image snails, including a few species that are all left turn out like this has long baffled scientists studying these snails offers clues to the evolution of body plans in many animals it could also be important for the understanding of why approximately one in ten thousand people are born with situs inversus a condition where their internal organs are flipped like a lefty snail's shell one of whom was a college friend of mine and he when he said that that condition was called that it sounds like you're saying inverted sides like Sidus inversus like you're making a bullshit Latinization out of a thing you just made right, up right like it's Harry Potter spelled us. yeah <laughs> but Sidus is spelled S-I-T-U basically he wasn't bullshitting but I always thought he was <laughs> back in the day because I thought it was like why would you make up that thing and then make up such a dumb name for it but yeah Sidus inversus is a real thing Sorry, Mahad, I should have listened to you more. Um,
2: that's, that's, yeah, I was just thinking when you talk about the snails that people are one sided also. Like, yeah, the liver is always the there. Yeah, and, uh, so
0: yeah how, your heart's uh, always towards the left, and yeah. yeah.
1: Not, not Mahad, not people with situs versus. But, yeah. like,
0: how many people have that?
1: One in 10,000. 10,000. Not okay. very many. Yeah. That's, Which,
2: more, that's, more, that's, that's
0: less than left handedness, definitely. Oh, way <laughs> less. Left. Yeah, left
1: handedness <laughs> is probably like 5% or something. Or, I mean, Yeah,
0: yeah. left handedness is relatively common, but that's, but that's actually still a higher proportion than I thought. One in ten thousand or so is it's a lot I guess considering I can't name a second person I know with it doesn't hang on a friend of the show, Jan Levin, in one of her books talks about someone was it her one of her kids? I could be getting this wrong, but I remember her talking about someone who had it, and I think it might have been one of her kids.
1: Does it come with any other problems well, i think
2: I think the problem would be like how like in a dinner table because like you have to eat through your ass and shit through your mouth
0: it's <laughs> oh, true that's, it makes it very yeah. hard and you're sitting upside down and, and you have to ride bicycles with your
1: hands yeah, yeah. in it. certain cultures yeah eating with your ass is considered rude so yeah. <laughs> if you're in one yeah, of those countries yeah. it's, it's harder yeah and people. if
2: you burp it's a fart or a right.
1: burp if you
2: th- say something it's always farting basically
0: yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and they it, speak backwards and you can't understand them unless you look at them in a mirror yeah. <laughs>
1: right. they they would make great secret agents because any sniper is going to aim for the wrong yeah. side of their body it's perfect super spies ah
0: you thought you were going to shoot me in the heart but you've just punctured my, my lung, lung. <laughs> they, they bleed out
1: slowly uh, so yeah so now scientists are turning to CRISPR the powerful gene editing tool we've talked about much on the podcast to figure out why some snails turn out this way a team in Japan led by Reiko Kuroda a chemist and biologist has successfully used the technique to manipulate a single gene responsible for shell direction in a species of giant pond, of great pond snail. The research published last week in the journal Development offers definitive proof of the genetic underpinnings of handedness in this species and could lead to clues about left and right handed mysteries in other organisms. So 10 years ago, you might not imagine there were any similarities in the left right asymmetry of a snail and the left right asymmetry of humans. I don't know why they're putting words in my mouth. I would have assumed those were kind of similar. Uh, but it's becoming increasingly obvious that this is a case, said Angus Davison, an evolutionary geneticist who has studied Jeremy the Lefty snail as well as chiral pond snails, but was not part of Dr. Kuroda's study. Um, a few years ago, Dr. Kuroda and Dr. Davidson's groups, Dr. Davison's groups independently stumbled upon LS dial, a gene that might explain shell direction but lefties had one less copy of the gene than righties and compensated with a nearly identical gene, LS... I'm sorry, it's LSDIA1 and LSDIA2. Uh, Which one caused the handedness? In the current study, Dr. Kuroda and Masanori Abe, or Abe probably, used CRISPR to edit out the LSDIA1 gene and then raised the resulting mutant snails. Confirming previous work, they showed that even in the first embryonic cell, genetic information started picking sides. And by the third cleavage... Oh, it's the hottest cleavage. When four cells become eight, the mutant cells were rotating in the opposite direction of what is expected. Oh. Those snails grew into lefties, and so did their offspring. Without two working copies of LSDIA-1, snails can survive with LSDIA-2, but their shell won't coil to the right. Dr. Crota still wants to know how the genes work together and whether lefty pond snails could one day become their own species, like the few all-left snail species that exist now. Uh, Dr. Davison says this is unlikely. Only about half of lefty pond snails ever hatch. Oh, and though most can't, a few lefty snails can manage to mate with righties. Yeah, I wonder if that's like akin to those duck penises that coil the wrong way. Like, it, does the mating require your, your shells to go the same direction? Or the something? snail
0: tries to hold on and it keeps sliding yeah, off because it's yeah. used to gripping the wrong way.
2: I actually I have to find if my penis is on the right or left <laughs> leg now because like I have to take a. Uh, a, a toilet. Break. Okay,
1: <laughs> go ahead. We'll, I will try we'll to hold do down it. the
2: fort. I'll try to aim for the middle, not the left or <laughs> right.
1: While Ismo is exploring his left-right asymmetries in the commode, while well, we he's should...
0: thankful for the existence <laughs> of indoor plumbing, yeah. uh, we're is thankful. Is that a f- knock on Finland? No, it's just a comment on like somewhere. is always good to be near somewhere to pee when you that's, need to. That's true. We got some people to thank. Yes,
1: we do. Uh,
0: I'm fairly sure Finland was probably ahead of the curve when it comes to the whole plumbing thing.
1: I bet the colder it was, the faster you were to build some kind of protected place yeah. to go to the bathroom. Well, they love their
0: saunas. You think that, they, that's finish, a finish? Finished saunas
1: are also places you pee.
0: No, but you know, if you have the ability to build a sauna, they probably that means you probably want to shower nearby. Unless they just do it with a bucket. I don't know.
1: No. Yeah. If you have uh, developed any sauna technology, well, we've missed Cleveland. our chance to thank all the people. Oh, while he's, uh, no, he's already Let's back. do it. That's, let's do it. The fins anyway. are known for, for their quick. Let's
0: thank the people who have, have kindly donated through probablyscience.com and click the donation button. We have to thank William Bagley, Trevor Hubbard, Lindsey Bacon, David Wirth, Daniel Monson, Destruction Lane, John Caricci, Sean Gordon, Oren Harris, Bryson Rose, David Geelan, Jacob Rochester, Karen Meeburn, Brooks Gilmore, Charles Tyler. Uh, Becky Grady Thomas Hatfield R.L. Kappa Daniel Monson Drew Chapman Pandora Young and Callum Gleeson thank you very much and also one off donation from Gerard uh, I've just lost it there Uh, Gerard Steinfeld thank you Gerard and thank you for coming back Ismo thank you Snails and thank you Snails was Finland ahead of the curve when it came to indoor plumbing I guess that it was but I I could be wrong so ahead of the curve as in like ahead of the general international pack
2: like so I mean, like the cutting edge
0: i yeah, but my guess was that Finland was one of the earlier countries to be on it when it came to the whole plumbing situation, plumbing and... well curb, it's funny, the pipes are curb, oh, yeah so, so i yeah I don't
2: know, we have plumbing, <laughs> I don't know, you heard it here first, <laughs> yes, they yeah, do have it i I think we have plumbing,
1: so. if you had to guess, let's just do some armchair. Anthropology, Yeah, the colder a place, wouldn't you think you'd develop a way to uh, evacuate your...
0: Yeah, although having said that, the colder the place, the less urgent it is to get your waste away from you really quickly. Because if it's really warm and tropical,
1: it's yeah, going to stink
0: a lot more. Because yeah. As... in the winter, you can take a shit right out your front door
2: and it will freeze. And yeah, it... and then you can just,
0: like, just throw it away. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah, that's yeah. I, I guess yeah. Finland was yeah with with heating and plumbing as that, But then like a, air conditioning, America is definitely ahead because like right. in Finland, most people don't have air conditioning because we don't know, mostly need it. But now the last couple of summers have been, I haven't been there, but it's been so hot
0: <laughs> that people are, like they actually can't be home. Like they had to like yeah. move or they. Yeah. Uh, England's England's the same. England. Yeah. It's. Getting worse and worse in the summers, and again, it's not a country, major office buildings and department stores have air conditioning, but your average house wouldn't have it at
2: all. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, it's maybe
1: getting a bit warmer, at least there.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Um...
1: And, and by the way, uh, I wanted to shout out a couple uh, patron, patron, Patreon donors And we will get to a fuller list On one of the next two episodes But thank you so much to Linda Moulton Judy Walrath, Emma Wilton, John Hood Paul Clayton, Matthew Quick, Eric Roberts dot I don't know if we're allowed to shout out URLs But that's what's coming up uh, Peter Lipche, Jesper Peterson, Roger Massey Jake Adrianson, And Tanya Thrasher, thank you guys so much thank And everyone you. else we will get to you in one of the next two episodes.
0: Uh, there's been some cool LIGO stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think we should talk about that. I think um, a couple of people sent that in, including...
1: Peter Lipche, the aforementioned Peter Lipci.
0: Peter Lipche, who's Thanks also a Peter. kind donor, met, sent this in. But LIGO and Virgo have detected neutron star smash-ups. On April 25th, the National Science Foundation's Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory and the European-based Virgo detector registered gravitation away from what appears likely to be a crash between two neutron stars, the dense remnants of massive stars that previously exploded. One day later, on April 26th, the LIGO-Virgo network spotted another candidate source with potentially interesting twist. It may in fact have resulted from the collision of a neutron star and a black hole, an event never before witnessed. So this is a neutron star colliding with a black hole. Well, if can you collide with a hole? I
1: mean...
2: <laughs> well,
0: black hole is
2: not a hole, but it's kind of a... So it wouldn't be it's just a suction of the neutron star. Well, it it's a, pl- sort of,
0: <laughs> like it's a sort of... It's not really a hole, but... It's, it's, it's a kind of merging of their gravitational fields yeah. and mass combined with a rippling of space-time that then filters out through the universe that is then detected by this... But when it goes
2: inside the hole, then we can't detect it anymore.
0: Well, it's it's not even a hole so much as just... It's a huge mass concentrated yeah, in a tiny Yeah, well, the event area.
2: horizon, when you go... So once it goes uh, beyond that, yeah, so Well, it's, you can still be the gravitation, of course, that goes. But, like, it's just light. So the, gra-
0: so the gravitation is always there and can yeah, be detected. Yeah, yeah. And so what and what LIGO waves, is detecting yeah. is, and I'm trying to remember this now from when our physicists on the show have explained this to us, but as the as the two black holes collide or the neutron stars collides with the black hole... You've got these two big sources of extreme amount of mass that yeah. circle around each other. They're kind of like they circle into each other, getting closer yeah, and closer. And they and closer. start
2: swinging so fast and faster. that creates, yeah, and it's creation. and
0: that sort of rippling as the two gravitational fields interfere with each other. That then ripples out through the universe, and it eventually those ripples, those waves in spacetime, reach us and cause. A literal expansion expanding and contracting of space. And then this machine, the way it works, these interferometers, there are two huge channels at right angles to each other. So yeah. one is one is going this way across the earth and the other is going the other way across the earth at a right angle to it. And one laser beam is split into two, sent down each of these two channels so one north-south and one east-west, yeah. bounces off a mirror at the end, bounces back, and if there's been no ripple in space-time, they should hit at exactly the same time and there'll be no interference detected. But if there's been a slight ripple in space-time because of this massive collision from a black hole rippling through the universe, the one north-south, say, will take a fraction of an atom longer to get back and the two wave patterns will interfere with each other and you'll yeah. be able to tell, like, oh shit! This this one photon of light took a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a, fraction of a second longer to hit to go up and down the north south channel than it did to go along the east west channel. And that's because of a black hole over there. And that is because of two black, black holes blue. colliding <laughs> yeah. many many light years away, and the ripple of the space time through that, like it's working so funny its way. That they can kind of combine
2: that to that because it's like such like a like. Like the rip- they see the ripple in the machine, but then, like, how do they know it's because of those black holes? I think you know it because
0: of the scale of it. And in but some cases, yeah, what else but do the massive? gravitational
2: waves travel the same speed as light? Uh, yeah, it's the speed of light that they travel, yeah. Well, how do they know that? <laughs> like, it's waves. I believe that's well, what Einstein's, Einstein's equations tell yeah. us. Light is, yeah, but gravitational kind waves. Of. Yeah, I guess.
0: I guess they would.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, so then you can see the collision, basically, and feel it at the same time.
0: So yeah, and and they can detect it from multiple... They've got a few of these detectors now, and they can detect them...
1: So it would have to happen... In two places on Earth simultaneously to rule out any kind of just, like, local, uh, you know, seismic interruption or truck driving by.
2: Local space-time ripples.
1: Sure. No, I mean, serious. Well, yeah, yeah but, like, something else could cause a signal in one location, yeah. but not in another because it was local to that. Yeah, of And course, if they're matching yeah. and they're thousands of miles apart, you can assume it's not yeah. local. Yeah. That's
2: true. That's
1: yeah. So, wait, neutron stars are the last step. I forgot my whole, like, star life cycle stuff.
2: Uh I, I, okay, I, I think I remember this. I, this is from University
0: 1999.
2: Okay. Go for uh, it. So, when a star has done burning all its uh, uh, hydrogen, then it becomes like a huge red thing, and then it collides into like this red dwarf. Is it a red dwarf, dwarf or mm-hmm. a brown dwarf or some dwarf, I think depending on the size? But then if it's big enough, it goes to a neutron yeah. star. But if it's even big in, bigger than that, it turns into a black hole.
1: If it's a red giant, which comes from just an average star, then it can eventually become a white dwarf. But if it's a red supergiant, it can have a supernova that can result in a neutron star or black hole. According to one image that has a life cycle that I just Googled quickly, and I don't know if this is to be trusted, but um, yeah, let's, let's assume that. So a supernova can result in a neutron star or black hole. And I guess those two can collide, and we just detected that. Is that right?
0: Yeah, looks like it. And then they uh, they can try and triangulate it from depending on how many of the different detectors pick it up, and then they look at the sky and try and work out where it was that it came from.
1: Yeah. Cool. Good work, Lego guys yeah. and girls, women, ev- people, everyone involved in Lego.
0: Yeah. Thank you, space. <laughs> <laughs> What story did you want to do? What story did you Um, think I was going to do when I did the snail story?
1: uh, I thought maybe we were both enamored of the koalas just from our Australian adventures. Oh, that's right. um, You said that. I also liked the, uh, speaking of Australia, the giant meteor, possibly meteorite, I guess, because it did touch down, I think. It did land. That was spotted thanks to some car dash cams over... um, what part of Australia was it? Is it
0: Adelaide? Is that this story? yeah, 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 Justin broad sent in meteor film soaring in the sky was the size of a small car when it hit the atmosphere, according to NASA. there's dash cam footage of it, a footage of the fireball crashing towards the ground flooded social media with sightings of the phenomenon coming in from across both South Australia and victoria here's a here's the there's a video of it here, but if I just show you, we'll link to this obviously in the show notes, oh, so you car, can look at the video camera. yourself. Yes, yeah, dash cams have changed astronomical events. Yeah, if only, if only Australia showers.
1: were as litigious as Russia and prone to insurance fraud, we'd have more documentation of this.
0: I know. It's amazing how much of that footage... Well, Andy and I have both worked on camera on like funny video shows, and th- the amazing amount of that that comes from Russia... Partly because they have cameras everywhere because no one trusts anyone and partly because Russians do crazy shit.
2: Yeah, I love those Russian driving videos. Though. Yeah. Yeah, those are super funny.
0: But they... when there was a meteor shower in Russia, it...
1: everybody had it on their...
0: So much footage because everyone's got their dash cams going. Yeah. Because Russia is so prone to people reversing into your car and then claiming you rear-ended them. Oh, oh yeah, so that's how it... Or uh, jumping uh, yeah. onto your car and claiming you hit them.
1: Oh, I would love to have that happen sometime and have a video of it And have a dash cam. oh yeah. God, so satisfying yeah,
0: I
2: bought a dash cam, but it broke here, so I still don't have one.
1: What have was to... your reason for buying one i just
2: like i just I just figured out that why not like we, like just if something happens and also i've I've been here three and a half years, and I've seen <laughs> like five accidents already.
0: Oh, that's crazy. people drive like lunatics in l a yeah I think it, because everyone's in their own little bubble Everyone's in their own head So people will just Cut across four lanes of traffic Because they just decide They need to be over there now
2: Yeah
1: Well I mean I, th- I don't yeah. know Put this traffic in any city And I wonder if you'd get the same behavior If it's just everyone's frustration With the traffic So once they get Maybe like, the, the left turns Where you have like five cars Going through on, on red On a left turn Because like, I'm not waiting For the next cycle of This light yeah.
0: It's also It's also a city of transplants So many people in this city Have moved relatively recently From somewhere else Yeah so you don't So that means that
1: everywhere else has bad has worse drivers than LA, the place we're saying has the worst drivers? No,
0: I think everyone everyone is I think you drive worse when you are unfamiliar with the terrain. So there's a lot of people okay. who don't know the roads, maybe don't even know the signage, certainly don't know where they're going. So that that's just an extra bit of your brain that has to be taken up thinking about that, which yeah. leaves your brain less free to be aware of what you're doing.
1: I could see that as a reason. I uh I want to get a dash
0: cam, but my my biggest fear with that is having an accident and then having to show the video and explain <laughs> what I was saying out loud to myself during the film.
1: Oh, you think they have during audio on those things? Yeah, they
0: do. And I, I didn't know that. It just be like me trying to work out a stand-up bit and sounding like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Just
0: repeating the same bit to myself. Yeah, that's true. Really if that. you do that in the car. just Yeah. Practice. I talk to myself all the time in the car. I work out bits or I work through ideas or I have fake arguments with imaginary people.
1: Out loud? Yeah. Oh, man, I want to hear this. Absolutely. Yeah. I
0: that, that and in the shower. And if I'm in the shower, I'll have it at a lowish volume because there's still someone in the house who I don't want to hear right. be sounding crazy yeah. but I if have, i'm in though, the was car to see in
1: my head but
0: <laughs> yeah if it, but I mean, it, the whole joy of being in a car is you're in your bubble and no one can hear you, you could sometimes just shout if you just feel like you need to shout about something yeah or, yeah. Uh, yeah just uh, yeah i, I, I sat I sound ridiculous. and no, I no, sometimes no, I'm, not, write, I'm not
1: knocking it. I'm not and knocking I sometimes it. write stand-up
0: by having fake arguments with imaginary people. Like, you know, it's effectively a straw man, but then you sort of get rid of that person in the bit.
1: Yeah. I've done that for getting ready for a stand-up gig, but I mean, just to have the argument settled in your head is hilarious that you're having the out loud argument in the shower. Yeah, that is,
2: but I think I, I do it like half, like I this now when you say that, like sometimes I can just be sitting somewhere and... Then I'm thinking about a stand-up bit and like how to tell it, and then like the punchline requires some hand movements and maybe some expressions, and then I just do them randomly, (laughs) like and people around are like, huh? Because like, like I don't normally I don't say them out loud, but I might do hand movements and expressions that are really weird in a in a coffee place.
0: Yeah, and when that happens, suddenly you realize the the guys on the street muttering to themselves and gesticulating aren't that big a leap.
2: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, I actually talk to myself often in the car also. Right. Like, I can say out loud, like, who, who puts a red, uh, like, red arrow, red arrow, arrow light. I think those shouldn't exist.
1: Red arrow light?
2: Like, no, not like, green arrow Street lights are good. Like you can take a right or.
1: Oh, oh, right, yes, yeah. Like
2: yeah. what? Like the arrow? Like the,
1: right? It's the turning the. Are the, the uh, turn. Yes, I know the term. Yes, uh, the, dedicated turn the light, green light. Sure. That is a shape also of an, an arrow. arrow. It tells you can.
2: <laughs> but the red ones, are so annoying that you can't turn, but you can go straight. That's I hate those. So I often protest about them out loud. now Why?
0: Right. I think about it. So. Yeah, and I I would hate to have to show that, like, send that video of me yeah. to my insurance company yeah. to prove that I was but in the can, right when this guy cut, drove it.
2: I think you can cut
0: cut only the accident. I think, well, yeah, I think I'd also have to cut the audio and just go, yeah, I just have a dash cam that does his, um, video only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the video only of the... Except sometimes you also need to prove that you beep the horn, because that... I... Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway.
2: Uh... Yeah, I've learned to do that here. Use the horn because people use it in Finland. Nobody uses it. Really? Because in Finland, it'd be like too much.
1: It's too <laughs> much here. No one should use it. If well, anything, just uh, yell at them to make yourself feel better. But yeah, no but else like if somebody had
2: fall asleep on texting or something okay, on the stop line, like tap, right? Yeah, like
0: you can tap, but like. But
1: the punitive honking is just so, just helps nobody. So what happens if someone honks
0: in Finland? Was that? It's just considered that it's like it would be like an extreme measure.
2: Like, like people can sl- maybe flash like the high beams or so. so. But like, it would just be like it, it's like here it's normal. You can hug yeah. at somebody and it's kind of and it's way more normal in like southern Europe or something. But then, he, in Finland is just considered. It's just too much because Finnish people don't like to communicate with strangers. Okay. So it's too much.
1: It's just. <laughs> I want, now I'm trying to like draw some conclusions about. So southern Europe is warmer. LA is warmer. Does the warmth bring out the asshole in drivers? Is that a thing?
2: It might be. That, I've heard that New York drivers
1: are even worse than. Oh America. yeah, that's a good point. And and Massachusetts is known for having like but, the worst. But I
0: think I think Northern Europe is quite like stoic, stoic and yeah. impersonal. At least at first, it feels unfriendly until you realize that's just it's a different way of presenting. Like they.
2: Yeah, like yeah, like I think Americans get can get, get really can get anxiety with Finnish and some other European people who just don't talk sometimes. Like we can drive a car with no radio on for an hour and not talk. Right. And just be. And in America that would be like ah we have to talk
1: about something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was when I used to be an engineer and would travel for work to places like uh the netherlands we went out for like a three or four hour meal with the clients that we were working with in the in eindhoven and most of it was in silence and i was like are they mad at us <laughs> yeah that's oh, they a- just want to eat and but also still be here for three hours at the table and uh yeah
2: yeah i think we, people often can confuse people be mad or angry or something but in finland it's just kind of small talk with people you don't know it's we don't really know how to do it. Yeah. Often. Like it's just like who does the initiative, and then like if somebody asks, "Oh, nice weather," and then they're like, "Yes, it is," but that's it. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes well, why are no. they saying nice weather? They're in Finland. They're not saying that, right? <laughs> well, they might.
1: Okay. <laughs> you know, it's been
2: just... nice summers now recently, but
1: you get like four hours of daylight in July.
0: Well, in July <laughs> we
2: well, have the opposite. When, yeah. We have
1: tons of daylight. Of yeah, course, in Jesus. July
0: it's like the sun is up. It never goes all down. The time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this thing was pr- it. Probably weighed between 20 and 40 tons and would have been about the size of a four-wheel drive car. It's traveling around 40,000 kilometers per hour and had an explosive yield of around 1.6 kilotons. Uh, The Hiroshima nuclear bomb was 15 kilotons. So, you know, it's about 10% of a Hiroshima.
1: That's a a fair amount. That's That's a fair
0: amount. That could do some damage if it hadn't landed in the ocean.
1: Yeah.
0: So when did that land?
1: When? This was uh, May 23rd, I think it said. Okay, so yeah.
0: I haven't
2: been paying attention. Uh, so, so
1: it was a. <laughs> you would have heard it if you were listening. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So but it was a so it caused a wave or something.
1: I don't think um it just went plop. Yeah, it, it would have broken well, up. It into also fragments. it broken
2: up, yeah. yeah. So
0: it it would have been extremely dangerous if it hadn't broken up into fragments. Although even still if the fragments had landed in a populated area, it says here it would have really caused some damage. But we're estimating around three to four tons of it would have survived atmospheric entry. If it was over a populated area, we'd be looking for holes in roofs and cars. But still, that's not as that's still not like a ten percent of a Hiroshima. Well, I can imagine that I missed that, but like if I wouldn't have missed the Hiroshima bomb,
2: I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I. You know, I would. uh, If it didn't hurt anybody, how cool would that be to have a meteor burst through your ceiling, though? (laughs) Right.
2: 14,000 kilometers an hour. <laughs> if it didn't hurt anybody,
1: if yeah. it didn't hurt anybody, how cool would it be to hear a noise and come out and see this hole that would perfectly go through like multiple levels of apartment and this, it could look straight up into the sky through this meteor hole? Yeah. I yeah. think it'd be cool. Again, provided no one is hurt. Yeah. No one's dead. It, yeah.
0: it also, by the way, was going slower than a lot of meteors just because it happened to, prob- it was probably on an orbit similar to that of Earth. So in other words, it was basically oh, it had traveling some of the
1: same speed that we did. We yeah, it right
0: exactly. There. It probably originated tens tens of millions of years ago in the main asteroid belt out beyond Mars between Mars and Jupiter. The slowest velocity you can get is about eleven kilometers per second, and we have cases of upwards of thirty five and higher. It's this one was traveling
1: range of speeds.
0: Yeah, and this one was traveling at around eleven point five, so right at the lowest end of potential speeds of these things, which means it was probably again, it was probably traveling roughly parallel to the dire- to the trajectory of Earth.
1: But still, that's like 10 times the speed of a bullet, right? Still pretty fast. Don't bullets usually go around like, I don't know why I had this in my head, like 900 feet per second? Is that a thing? I don't know. You
2: wanna, do you want to look into that? Yeah, fucking look it up. I just know in matrix, you can see
0: that. I'm one. sorry,
1: 2,500 feet per second, like two and a half times what I said. But still, even that is uh, nowhere near 11 kilometers a second.
0: Yep, so it's it's going pretty quickly. So what what happened if a bullet had originated just outside of Mars
1: a bullet- and kept going. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, could Neo from Matrix dodge the meteor? Or- I
1: mean, come on, it's Neo, yeah. Of
0: course he could dodge. <laughs> Even the meteor. By like the second or third movie, yeah, where he really got it going.
1: Yeah. Have you guys seen John Wick yet? I've Have never seen the Not-
0: first John Wick.
1: No. Oh, then it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> I've no, seen the first two. They're great. They're like the simplest, best action movies. they just...
0: I gotta watch them. the The plane I was on the other day had John Wick two on it, and it was really annoying.
1: That's you can watch them in any order. I think actually, I'm not you sure think? if I've seen two. I've seen one. I mean, it's just a straight up revenge. They kill his dog, so he just fucking murders everybody. That's the whole movie.
0: I uh, that plane, by the way, also for some reason had three episodes from one of the middle seasons of The Americans.
1: It's like nothing before or after, so nothing if you didn't before have or after it already. You would never, and not want to even start the there. first
0: three episodes of the season. It was like right. episodes four, five, and six from yeah, season I've, four of. I've seen *The in Airplane*.
1: Like, how who, can could do, you, t- who is that for? Yeah, timing would have to be so perfect. for yeah, that to Yeah,
0: exactly. And this is not a series that's like a sitcom where you can just yeah, you can watch an episode of *Modern Family* easily with even if you missed a whole two seasons and you go like, oh okay, I guess those people are together now or that kid's older. But yeah. you, this is this is very much a serialized show that. <laughs> Really relies on prior knowledge. Yeah, that's really, that's really. I've I've been wondering
2: about that in airplanes. Like, sometimes it's definitely a drama that you have to watch in order. Like, how, there might be
0: one person in the history of that airline that was like, this is just the episode I was (laughs) about to watch. You've done your research in advance. It tells you, you can go to the websites now and it tells you what's playing on board and go, okay, all right, so I just need to watch 14 episodes of this show and then I'll be in the exact right space to watch these three. (laughs) Yeah, that is... uh, Unless it's a show you... I could maybe... I could maybe watch three episodes from the middle of Breaking Bad just because I've watched uh, all of it and I liked it. I'm like, okay, I can re...
2: Yeah, like, I think it would be the safest thing for airlines. Okay, this is the recommendation
1: you Always,
2: always, just the first three episodes three, of the yeah. whole series. Like, that will bring new people to the
0: series. Like, yeah, that's the safest bet. That's how I started on Game of Thrones, about a year after it first broadcast. I missed the first season. I had, hadn't watched it, and then they had the first four on a plane. that I So I watched yeah. two of them, and okay, I can carry on you, with you it. You saw the whole thing mm-hmm. then? Yeah, and then I caught up.
1: Are you satisfied with the ending? Ah, enough. D- don't really care. I love, I mean, as a casual observer of the show who's only aware of things once they hit the Twitter sphere, like, I know the Red Wedding is a thing. I know uh, Jon Snow comes back to life. Uh, I did love the number of fuck-ups with, like, the Starbucks cups and the water bottles this season. (laughs) Did you see that or not?
2: No, I, I, like, I haven't paid attention. Like, I I, haven't seen one. I I, I I started the first episode, but then we just gave up and we have like it's on our homework list with my wife that we have to start yeah with, it feels it like
1: work so now doesn't it it, it feels, feels like so
2: much how many episodes that's like 60 oh there's a lot uh, it's it's eight eight uh, seasons
1: uh, was it something like that yeah it's i'd
2: love season. to see it because but it's just like just
1: it's too much but no i i've seen it, i think a total of four or five episodes but i was just aware of everyone laughing i've heard, at heard about the red wedding yeah that's what I, people have thought about
2: that so yeah yeah
1: and I, I did watch the last episode with uh past guest, Moshe Kasher, who thought that I was caught up on the show. And I was like, no, this is my fourth episode. But then I, I unfortunately, or fortunately, I just like accidentally predicted the ending. I'm like, wait, couldn't it be? And he's like, no, nah, it wouldn't be that. And then it was that. Just because I didn't know enough about the show to know yeah. that it shouldn't be that thing that ended up being the... Uh, yeah. I don't hey, hey, give well, here's a sufficiently more. brutal okay, well, thing. I, I, I promise to watch it at some point, so... Uh... No spoilers. How about this? Something that we can recommend that takes almost no time, I think a total of like 45 minutes, are the six 12-minute episodes of I Think You Should Leave. Have we already plugged that on here?
0: Oh, we haven't. Tim Robbins sketch shit. show. It's very Holy funny. Holy
1: shit. The best sketch comedy show I've seen in 20 years is on Netflix right now. I Think You Should Leave. It's Go very watch it.
0: It's very silly. It's very...
1: Oh, and watch Ma, a friend of the show, Scotty Landis. His first feature just came out today. It's meant to be bonkers. Yeah, it's a really crazy horror movie starring Octavia Spencer written by Scotty Landis. Uh, Who so I far is the that.
0: only guest to show up with a bottle of champagne. God,
1: he's the best guy. I, can't, <laughs> I still can't believe that. Yeah,
0: uh, Chimpanzees have been observed cracking open the shells of tortoises and scooping out their flesh in a first for biological science.
1: That's the story I was looking for.
0: Researchers from the Max Planck Institute, I think Justin Frost sent this one in as well, uh, studied a group of chimps in... How, is it Gabon? Is that how you pronounce that country? I think so. Apologies if I mispronounced your country, listeners from Gabon or Gabon or however it is. I've heard is. that too, I think. Okay.
1: Maybe I'm thinking of Michael Chabot. How do you say that one? The author? I don't know.
0: They're watching them for two years, closely watching their behavior. They discover the animals had a taste for reptile flesh, which had previously been suspected but never confirmed. They use a percussive technique that they normally employ to open hard-shell fruits to gain access to the meat of an animal that is almost inaccessible for any other predator, says primatologist Tobias Deshner. They were most likely the tortoises to be captured in the dry season, with the chimps alerted to their prey's presence by a rustling of dry leaf litter. Um, So... They've also been known to prey on birds and insects, as well as at least 25 different mammal species, ranging from small rodents to juvenile bush pigs weighing as much as 20 kilos.
1: That's a big bush pig.
0: That is a big bush. What is a bush pig?
1: I'm guessing it's a pig that lives in the bush.
0: <laughs> I, do you want to look that up? Because sure. I've got a funny feeling they are not actually related to pigs, but yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they're a whole different thing. Oh, they look weird. They do look pig-like, but they also have... Um,
2: like Guinea pigs. I they look almost really look
1: more pigs. like... Um, warthogs, kind of? Uh, what would you... It almost looks like Alf from the television program Alf. <laughs> <laughs> Alf
0: what is it? Like. Yeah, that's true. What is an Alf? What species is an Alf? Yeah.
1: I know he's from Melmac. I know his maiden name is Gordon Shumway. Uh, yeah, these are very warthoggy. These are very, like, Timon and Pumbaa, whichever one is... Looks like a bush pig.
0: Sometimes younger animals or females who are unable to crack open the tortoise on their own says leaned author Simone Peaker then they regularly handed the tortoise over to a stronger male who cracked the tortoises shell open and shared the meat with all the other vigils present, present at which point one of the younger males would say I loosened it for you
1: <laughs> that's true that's always not the,
2: do that uh, people do that same with jars Yeah. <laughs> yeah. jars
1: of, of tortoises yeah well
2: you have to have some strong guy open a jar you gotta help so, what's the technique the chimpanzees
0: use? I think they just whack it. Scientists also watch as one of the chimps, a large male, was able to restrain himself from binging on an entire reptile, keeping a shell container of leftovers for later. Oh! He tucked the shell containing the uneven. Here we go. Here's the video of it.
1: Watching the, you can you can check this out over at probablyscience.com. We'll have we'll the show put notes. the links
0: in the show notes.
1: These, these, first of all, this uh, this chimp, he was bashing, then he stopped for a while just to look straight in the camera. <laughs> He's very aware yeah. of the fact that he's being filmed. I wonder if he's kind of showing off. I Did you see even... the
0: footage? It's like video footage taken from the st- from a Russian town, but in, in the late 1800s. It's one of the earliest bits of footage. Uh-huh. Some guy
1: with a... Probably video is the wrong word, but sure, yeah.
0: Film. Sure. Film camera. <laughs> and you just you see people walking past going about their business, but then every so often just looking straight into this new contraption that this guy's standing there with.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm to check it out.
0: He tucked the shell containing the uneaten meat into a fork in the tree before building a nest for the night. The next day, he returned to finish off the tortoise for breakfast. This indicates that chimpanzees may plan for the future, says Dr. Pika. Many scholars still believe that future-oriented cognition is a uniquely human ability. Our findings thus suggest that even after decades of research, we've not yet grasped the full complexities of chimpanzees' intelligence and flexibility. Well planning for the future well I have a dog my
2: dog plans for the future I'm sure what does he do well one thing was like when the first rays of sunlight in this because we got the dog on the winter and it was when it was like sunny the dog saw that okay here's a sunny spot on the balcony and was some sunbathing doing some sunbathing and then she thought for a while, and then she went to the other side of the apartment and dragged her bed
1: oh. into the
2: sunlight spot, and then used that.
1: I thought you were going to get into some kind of like Mayan calendar sort of thing, where the dog <laughs> predicted where the sun was going to be six months later. But well,
2: not uh, <laughs> six months, though. <laughs> <laughs> but at least that was planning that she it's, wants to actually yeah. plan and get. Yeah, well, like, what
0: about squirrels huge. like burying them n- nuts for the winter and yeah. stuff? That that. It's like I'm not entirely sure what this whole future-oriented cognition problem necessarily is. Yeah, that, and uh, dogs hiding bones and whatever. Even
1: even chimps throwing their shit—they know that like two seconds from now, that shit's gonna land on something that they're throwing it at. Which I don't is, know if
0: that I don't know if that counts as quite as future cognition. The future. Yeah. That's, that's just consequence of immediate consequence of actions. But I don't. know. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I don't quite get what point this they're trying to make in this. So I'm not, if so I, if we have any animal behaviorists or whatever listening to the show uh, please write in with okay your here's, the, here's
2: the theory of the answer that they want to get they, they just say it's reflex. it's it's like like uh, birds building a nest it's just the thing that's programmed into them for survival right by evolution so they just do it but they don't really actually cognitively think about it
1: yeah i mean who are we to say what I, yeah i don't, I don't know how you, how you define what when something is a higher level thought and when it's uh an instinct, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, by the way, while we're talking about people writing in and commenting, we had a comment two episodes ago with Tommy Jonagon he mentioned something about the ships in the world causing as much pollution as, I can't remember what the specific stat was, but it turns out that has been to an extent debunked. There was a comment on the Property Science website underneath that from someone who just gives their name as the letter K, so thanks K says the ship pollution story was a dud and had already been picked apart by BBC more or less in to- 2017. In short, the original story was already from 2009. It was a thought experiment about what might happen if these big ships get built. Uh, in this experiment, the hypothetical ships would use the worst available fuel and the cars would use the best available fuel. This is about all if the ships shipping around the world using more fuel than... Like oh, cars. Yeah, yeah, just six ships or something. It was only about sulfur and no other pollutants. Sulfur is a pollutant, but not a greenhouse gas. It should not be confused with sulfur hexafluoride, which seems to be the daddy of all the greenhouse gases. The shipping industry has already adopted new regulations about fuel sulfur content, which takes effect in twenty twenty. Uh, in the late, at the latest, in twenty ten, North America and Europe had already created low emission zones that ban the worst fuel and though bigger ships that drive slower. Over, drive slower. Overall, the shipping industry's emissions had already been halved by 2012, That, it, uh, which is an indirect re- effect of the recession. A proper estimate about the international shipping industry's greenhouse gas emissions based on 2015 data puts it on a par with Germany, which is still a shit-ton. That's still yeah. a major, one of the biggest countries in the world. But... but...
2: What about hybrid ships? Why are they not doing, like, hybrid ships? hybrid electric like prius, yeah like, like, of, like yeah uh, like they take vessels. the braking energy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's the thing if, if they I do don't stop think, and go traffic I you know, don't think
0: even a prius is actually hybrid apart from the fact that those engines tend to be a little bit more efficient anyway but the hybrid technology doesn't help you if you're just driving at a steady speed highway. in a straight line. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the thing, but... Because most yeah, most of the advantages from it comes from the fact that... That you're braking and... Yeah, 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 the slowing down adds to the battery energy. And yeah, then gets...
2: but then w- with ships, I would suggest that it's just because it's a huge ship that it could be made of entirely like solar panels and that would create lots of electricity That's for true. Yeah, engine. so a hybrid
0: engine with a solar... With yeah. solar assistance, it's ship. Can, it's like a football huge, field. It almost, is a huge surface is. area. And I wonder if still though that the amount of solar energy you get on that compared to the amount of sheer power that you takes to power. A, so that's why I need a, a ship hybrid. of that side, and, and, I, uh, and
2: set up a sail. Why not? Also,
0: yeah, <laughs> do everything you can, <laughs> and have some rowers. Have some
1: like
2: <laughs> yeah, or all the exercise bikes in the gym would also contribute.
0: Yeah, to have sure. every, every part of this. But could you, could you
1: just have when you finally get to port and have to slow down instead of reversing your engines? Could you have some version? I'm sure you can't get as much drag as actually having engines thrusting in reverse. But like, just having propellers that are drag and that are then rotating, like you could probably capture some of that.
0: You could, but I don't know if it would be worth it compared to the cost of yeah, installing like, yeah. that engine. If you're engine. sailing
1: one
2: direction for a month and then break once at the harbor, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah there's so. so much resistance in the water compared to yeah that you're constantly, but, um, yeah. But, otherwise you would just be, I wonder if there. you could
0: in some way capture the energy from the waves, have like a wave generating.
1: Mm-hmm. I bet you could. I, I mean, I bet if you just had, Oh no, wait a second. Cause the whole ship's going to, uh, no, yeah. I, I bet the periods of the waves are such that like, they aren't small enough that they're making, they wouldn't make some like pistons on the side of your boat, move independently Re- of the boat. itself. relative to the boat. It's going to the boat. move up with the waves. And, right. Yeah. Is my guess. If we have any nautical engineers out there,
0: unless they're far enough out from the boat, but then they might be adding too much extra drag.
1: But if, even if they're far from the boat, if the same wave is raising that piston that's raising the boat, it doesn't matter. It has to be moving in relation to the boat. Yeah. So they're far, if they're of, far yeah. enough
0: out from the boat, then the wave would be hitting the piston and the boat at different times. So actually, they'd be moving relative to each but other. Think about it. So there's they'd no be going way, up and down.
1: Th- there's no way this could work as a system. Like no matter what, if it's if there's up and down. Uh, Hold on, I'm trying to think about. No, my... I
0: can. I can see it working. <sighs> if if there's the... if there's a float that is on an arm that is, let's say, twenty feet away from the boat,
1: and if that wave eventually is going to hit, it just you'll be in a different. Yeah. So the part wave hits it...
0: the wave hits the float first, and then hits the boat. So at one point, the wave is hitting the float, and so the so the arm is up and the boat is down, and then the wave passes the float, so the arm goes down and the boat goes up. So the arm and the boat are constantly moving up and down relative to each other, which is a motion that could then drive a, some kind of turbine inside that generates yeah, electricity. Yeah, but, like,
2: but is it like that will cause some drag? That will cause a huge amount of drag. That's something. almost certainly the problem with yeah. it. <laughs> that it was. I think it would probably wave cause wave more wave, drag than it would generate. The wave plant has to be like solid on the ground, I guess. So then it kind
0: no, because of... I, I think I think the the rocking of the two relative to each other would generate power, but probably not more power to overcome the drag that it's caused by having these massive but things floating it, in the water. Independent of that, yeah. it just
1: seems like it must violate some kind of theoretical thing if it's the same wave, but they're just on different parts of its cycle. No, you know I, what I mean like you, lose no, something you gain somehow or
0: no, I don't. No, you no you wouldn't because it's still a mo- it's still an arm that's going up and down and an arm going up and down as long as can it's be captured. As direction. long as it's then driving a crank that is one dire- that's rotating in one direction it would cause a rotation in one direction that can yeah. then generate electricity. I don't, I don't think it's violating any rules of physics, but I do think it is probably going to cause yeah, more. more problems than it's going to help. Yeah, I yeah. think it's going to... It's
1: interesting to think about, though. If anybody wants to try to implement this, just give us credit and half the money.
0: While we're at it, a few windmills on the top of the yeah. boat.
2: And even inside the boat, they could, because the boat is always rocking a bit. I think you could capture the rocking energy a bit.
1: Yeah. Uh like, that might be true. Yeah. Like, just inside the whole thing. Again, there's... you Self-winding watches, however those work, that I still don't understand.
0: Yeah, same deal. It's just it's just any... I, I believe they just have some kind of spring of motion connected to a crank, and anything...
1: It's a single direction.
0: Exactly. It can only move in... It has a wheel that can only move in one direction, because it's got a crank on it, and it just... Or a ratchet. So it can only move, let's say, clockwise... So the rocking motion causes the thing to turn clockwise yeah. a little slowly, yeah. or probably in that case, it's probably just a little spring with a little solenoid or whatever that's going through a coil. So it's just oh, right, moving back right. and forwards through a coil,
1: any, any direction at all. Just
0: just causes this thing to move up and down relative to a coil. Of...
1: So okay, so, so you got so...
0: just a magnet moving up and down through a coil will generate a yeah, current like through I
1: had that a, wire.
2: I had like a flashlight. You had to jerk. Yeah, and.
1: Yeah, they sell those over here. now. <laughs> <Yeah. that>. sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, but is there all the inventions we have we make on this podcast? The people who listen, they have to like.
0: They have
1: give, to make them. and give us money. They
0: yeah, have, yeah. I'm we, sure. I,
2: I'll trust that.
0: Again, we've every one of these episodes of this podcast, we put in an envelope and we mail to ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. We have we have That's gotten right. most of the profits from the Dennis Miller uh, reference generator. Yeah, <laughs> it's generated. No. We we suggested a thing about making a virtual Dennis Miller. Do you know Dennis Miller, the comedian? Yeah. Did you, by the way, what did you grow up watching comedy-wise in Finland? Did you get much SNL stand-up? And also we have to go in a minute, but I, I want to hear about. Uh...
2: Uh, oh, well, I, I, the only stand-up I first saw was Seinfeld. Because Seinfeld had like a minute of stand-up in the at the end. In the beginning, yeah. Or that, so, yeah. yeah, somewhere in the end. And so that was the first stand-up I saw, basically. Uh, that Yeah, but comedy is like, yeah, sitcoms, like American sitcoms and UK sketch shows, basically. Yeah. So So it
1: wasn't like you had this bug for stand up from childhood or something? Yeah, because I didn't see
2: stand up as a kid. Like, it didn't exist in film. We had lots of also Finnish really funny sketch comedy and silly TV shows and stuff, but it was uh, no stand up.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Ismo. Where can our listeners find you do stand-up and do anything else? Oh, oh Well, I, I
2: live in L.A., so I'm here often doing club gigs and stuff around, around the city. So, yeah, if you're here, just uh, randomly see me anywhere. And uh, then I'm doing lots of road dates around America now. I'm actually going to, uh, going to. Oxnard next weekend. Nice. Liberty Live Oxnard Friday sometimes. I've heard that's Sunday. a really good club actually. Yeah, yeah, I've been there last year also, it's great. And then I'm going to Salt Lake City the following week, 14th and 15th. They oh, love it's... to
1: party out there.
2: I've never been there. So. <laughs> and I'm actually at the West Jordan Landing Wise Guys Club. So it's Salt Lake, but like twenty minutes from Salt Lake or something.
1: I don't know much about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And because uh, they have another club downtown Salt Lake City, so I have to be specific. Then I'm doing a couple of days in Aspen. Nice uh, Like a pen that goes in your ass <laughs> Like Yes, it's an ass pen That's, what, the, that's Aspen. what they got their name for
1: It was a weird name
0: <laughs> I didn't even know they had comedy there once the festival closed Is there yeah, a comedy club there is now? Is it at Wheeler Opera House? It's the Opera House, yeah Yeah,
1: that's where the the festival used to be Oh, cool I think they kept doing The people who just owned that opera house Kept doing a, a festival that was, wasn't was like HBO But was just like the yeah, Aspen think, Festival I think the there's opera some
2: house. other festival there now And it's a oh, part yeah. of that So it's 18th and 19th of june and then i'm going to raleigh improv which is nice n- next to raleigh uh north carolina yeah, yeah north carolina and uh how long do i keep going you can list them all <laughs> okay well what, also
0: where can they what's your social media so people can find you and uh, find when you're coming to near them yeah uh just one more thing
2: uh oh yeah nashville nashville hoover and huntsville so Excellent. Tennessee and Alabama in July.
1: We'll see we'll have to see if uh if we can get uh you to hook up with Jesse out there, th- one of our hosts who lives in Nashville.
2: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be great. Uh I've never been anywhere near, even near there, so it's exciting.
1: I haven't either. It's been four years since he moved back. And we, I still need to, we, made we need it to out do a property
0: there. science trip down
1: oh,
2: there. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. So and then I'm doing Hollywood Improv on the twentieth of June. And uh yeah. And then I have some I'm going to Washington, DC, Ice House, Rhode Island uh Just for Labs uh Toronto uh Pittsburgh uh Tempe Damn uh, Irvine uh Gotham New York in October Excellent uh-huh. and Maryland Belmore Boston San Jose <laughs>
0: so yeah lots of you humor. are not basically everywhere <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. are touring the whole year. okay anyone in the US you have no excuse for not going to see this man live uh, that he is, is a treat your... I highly
1: recommend it no, thanks, man. At, you. at ismo comedy on twitter yeah ismo comedy
2: on twitter uh, and yeah. instagram and facebook it's it's at ismo comedy but it's just ismo all caps that's so you okay. just type I'm pretty ISMO. sure
0: if you type ismo ismo you will find this man Yeah, no g
2: com- so many people ask that so it starts with g <laughs> the gizmo how so many people <laughs> no. actually people so how do you spell it G and I no there's no G it's, it's just ismo
0: and I- I-S. no, Yeah. ismo, I-S-M-O. Yeah. if and, you um, even search Finland comedian I'm pretty sure you'd yeah. be
2: and actually if you search as if uh. you just Google ass and click video I'm I'm there
1: it's, oh, that's right, because that's, you, your Conan clip about how ass is the most complicated word in the English language yeah. is part of why yeah. you're doing so many dates Yeah, Yeah, the, yeah that, that, definitely,
2: that definitely helps. It's, it's so like, I think I should use that as my grade. Like, in a world full of porn... If you type ass, I, I'm there. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, a sixth video or something. Like it's
0: just, you put damn. pushed actual asses off onto the second page of Google. <laughs> yeah.
2: and all the other asses you find are actual asses. Mine is verbal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just verbal ass. Uh, go and see him. Come and see me in New York, doing that. The what are the dates again? <clears throat>
1: Oh, While well, you're saying that, uh, June 5th, I'll be at the Hotel Cafe with Brian Cook doing the next Guilty Treasure with uh, guest Jimmy Pardo, Lizzie Cooperman, singer-songwriter C.C. Benhoff, and Marilyn Rice Cub.
0: Do that, and it is the 20th to the 22nd that I'm in New York. Go and see that, and then the Saturday and Sunday of Glastonbury, and then the weekend after that. That's the first weekend of June. Actually, it's the end of the weekend. It's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm going to be in Copenhagen with Simon. Excellent. So come and see one of those. Spread the word. If you know anyone, particularly near New York, let them know, because that's the one I really want to pack out.
1: And thanks for listening. We will see you next time.
0: Cheers. Yeah, thank you. Good, oh, bye. Oh, <laughs> oh, questions, comments, clarifications, <laughs> yes. BroadwayScience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at BroadwayScience and individually at Andy T. and at Matt Kirshen.
1: That's correct. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. bye.